Welcome to School Mental Health Works, a quick dip monthly podcast presenting dialogues on school mental health in Wisconsin as viewed through the lens of the array of stakeholders who play a role in the comprehensive model of school mental health services in Wisconsin. Our mission is to share the successes and challenges experienced by a range of partners in Wisconsin as communities continue to collaborate and show that school mental health works. This series is a product of the Coalition for Expanding School-Based Mental Health in Wisconsin, a statewide coalition with a mission to advance and support expanded, comprehensive, and integrated mental health services within the school setting through school, home, and community partnerships. My name is Christine Jacobs. I'm a child and family therapist with Children's Wisconsin. I am a school-based therapist at Knapp Elementary. And joining me today is my colleague, Brenda Coons, Knapp's school social worker. I'm really excited to be here. And honestly, Brenda, there's no one I would rather have by my figurative side than you. You and I have known each other a while. Um, but for the benefit of our listeners, why don't we start by sharing a little bit about ourselves? If you want to share what you do as a school social worker and how long have you been at NAP? I have been a school social worker for 20 plus years. This is my coming up on my 11th year at NAP Elementary. Wow. Um, I'm just applauding you. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm not going anywhere unless <laughs> they make, make me, but, um, and yeah, I mean, I do a ton of things at, at NAP as a social worker, super busy all the time. So it's been wonderful to have you as a support, um, just in, in so many different ways, not just being the clinical therapist through children's, um, but just to bounce off ideas off of you times when I get stuck in certain situations, um, that's been really helpful. Yeah, I concur. We have a great partnership, which is why it feels really great to be able to share with listeners about the power of the school community partner partnership when it comes to school-based mental health. Uh, Let's go back to the beginning. You and I met in 2016, and I remember it. I have an image. We were, I was interviewing for a job. We were at a big conference table. And I found myself there because um, I was at a community mental health event about six months prior to that, where I heard for the very first time about school-based mental health within Racine Unified School District. And I had never heard about it. And I thought, what a cool idea. I was a licensed mental health professional and I wasn't even looking for a job, but I thought that sounded neat. And then, you know, coincidence, six months later, I saw this job posting, read the description and thought, hey, I know what that is. That's that really cool thing I heard about. So I was like, I got to I got to look into this. I got to find out more about this position. And that's how I came to be um, interviewing with children's and meeting the NAP staff and meeting you. What about you, though? What do you first remember hearing about school-based mental health? What were your first impressions? I remember the first time meeting you as being in that room as well. And I had heard about it maybe, I don't know how long before, because this was a while ago, but maybe a month before that we were getting 
we're going to be interviewing for a therapist. And so I was a little worried. Like I see kids for individual counseling and group counseling and we had a counselor and why are we getting another one? I was a little bit like, are they going to replace me? I was a little bit worried about that. But then they invited me to your interview, you know, for, for interviewing potential, um, therapist for that position. And I will say that I don't remember the other two is there one or two, but by far you stood out as being the most competent. So I was happy that they hired you. Um, yeah, but I, I was still a little bit like just confused about how are we going to have a therapist in the school? And I just didn't quite get it all. And yeah. so it was a little bit stressful in the beginning, I think. And then to find out that the referrals had to go through me and I had to do more work to help you and people would ask me like, who's on her caseload. I'm thinking I'm worried about my own caseload. And so it was a little bit of an adjustment, Yeah, but it has turned out to be so supportive and helpful. And I don't know how we did it without you in the beginning, uh-huh. to be honest. We have so many kids with so many needs and I can't possibly see them all for counseling. And then the things that, you know, I give you all the difficult stuff to deal with because that's uh-huh. just not something we do as a school social worker. That's really not our role. What so. an evolution. Yeah. You were reluctant. It did. It didn't show. I don't remember feeling that way, but you know, maybe I was coming in a little naive, like, yay, this program is so exciting. And maybe you were at a different spot, just a little bit reluctant. And yeah. What a, what an interesting mix because there we yeah. were that very first school year we had to get together and already start uh, our relationship, our partnership, and figure out how to get the school-based mental health program up and running at NAP School. What do you think, if you can remember back in the beginning, what was our biggest challenges in the beginning, like that first year? I think for me, not knowing like who to refer, when to refer, I, I don't know how to get really just logistics you know, yeah. paperwork and stuff like that. I remember that. And I re- I also remember once, te- you know, teachers would refer and then we had a screening process, which we don't really use anymore. I think that was an extra unneeded step or maybe it was needed at the time. But now, you know, they just directly tell me, can we refer this person? And, you know, gen- teachers now are more educated on it and they know who to refer. So I think that, you know, we don't need to use that screening process anymore. Um, I think it has always been difficult to get parents on board, Mm -hmm. but it's getting easier. I think every year, I -hmm. think it's just like anything that you do. I'm more experienced in how to talk to parents about it. And I can also say that, well, this is our therapist and introduce you like I do a lot. And she's been with us seven years. And I think that people really like that. I don't remember the challenges because they were so long ago and now everything is pretty (laughs) smooth. Life can do that. Yeah. Well, how's it going now is different from how it was then. But I think you're right. I remember there was an awkwardness. This is a new process. Like you said, you never had this on your plate before. It wasn't a part of your job duties. So a little bit, um, yeah, uncomfortable maybe to say like, here's more work for you and not exactly um, sure. None of us were really sure exactly how it was going to go. And I remember too, you know, it seemed like schools, well, I know this for a fact, schools often don't have the resources they need. And I felt that kind of scarcity mindset about this, about therapy, about mental health services for kids. Is that 
even though I didn't work at the school, you know, I, I just came on with this program. Uh, I had the idea that before I came on, there weren't a lot of resources for mental health for kids. I mean, I know that to be a fact. That's one of the reasons why the community identified this need for children's mental health and actually, um, you know, advocated and, and planned for school-based mental health. So I know there wasn't a lot of therapy resources for kids. That's uh, true. And I, yeah. yeah. I seem to remember that you and I felt like we got to save this resource. Like it, yeah, it is a, it's a last resort maybe. Yeah, and prior to you, um, I would, would refer parents to different counseling agencies in the area and they never followed through. Never. A lot of times because the wait list was too long or they had no transportation. A lot of our parents don't have transportation. So that was always a challenge. They would, you know, and it can't get any easier now. It's like, here's her office. It's right here. Let me show you her office. Let's see if she's in today so she can meet you, which is great. If not, I hope you don't mind. I show them around your office and how comfortable it is and how, how it is so separate from the school. And then I talk to them about anything you say in this room is stays in this room. She doesn't tell me anything you guys talk about. Um, so this is how it's separate from the school. And I think that visual really helps too. And they don't yeah. have to drive anywhere. Their kids can get therapy while they're in school or right after school. And well, I not- think seven years ago, it was a little taboo too, to, mm-hmm. to talk about therapy. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, gradually over the years, not just in, in our school, but the community, I think it's more accepted that it's okay to ask for help. And it's kind of a cool thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's a really great visual. Like you sounded like you, you got the concept, you bought in, you thought this is reducing barriers. Here we are right on site. So parents can know exactly where they're going. And I like that picture you paint about how you can introduce, uh, you know, hopefully to me, you can introduce kids and families and even to my space, which can, yeah, can can warm them up, can help overcome that nervousness. It can be overwhelming. Takes a little of the mystery out of it. Especially, yeah. Um, You know, mental health services were in elementary school, so kids and families may not have accessed those before or had a need for those. So some families uh, really, there's an anxiety about what we don't know. So to to not know beforehand, and then you can expose them to it in these little doses because we're right there at the school. Yeah. And two, yeah. how you said, yeah, over time, having the clinic at the school, it just sort of is a constant. And so it's now just a part of our environment. So has that made people feel a little more used to it, comfortable with it? Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I feel like something that's different from the beginning till now is that this resource is not a last resort. We really have worked to make it uh, broadly available to lots of types of kids and families. And I love that because as the therapist, it means I'm working with a lot of different problems. If, if I only had the most severe or intense or just one kind of problem, it would probably burn me out. So this way is a lot better that we just, yeah, we really educate families that therapy can help with a lot of different kinds of things going on and um, families. Yeah. Over time I have grown in receptiveness. 
and I started to say this earlier, but then I think I sidetracked myself. But um, I, think, I feel like in the beginning, teachers, and maybe that's not fair to say, but felt like some teachers expected like a quick fix as soon as they start seeing Christine. Well, this kid is still acting out. What's going on? And I, and I still get that here and there. They don't yeah. say it outright, but kind of. But I think they're learning. They've learned with you educating staff um, through meetings and just um, them referring kids and understanding now that it's a longer process than you know, therapy digs pretty deep and mm-hmm. sometimes things might even not necessarily get worse, but they might get worse before they get better. Cause all this yeah. stuff is coming out and then it's a longer process. It's not, it's not a quick fix. Yeah. And I don't think they knew that as much in the beginning cause it was new and unfamiliar to teachers, but now they're, I think they're pretty aware. Yeah. Once in a while, someone will ask me, well, he's still at, you know, but usually that's a new teacher that yeah. doesn't know, understand yet. So, well, I do that too. It's hard not to want, problems to get better. I mean, everyone who works in a school cares about kids. And so, you know, to have kids suffering or behavior problems getting in the way, it can feel bad. And so to be like, hurry up, let's get this bad part over with and and have everybody on track, ready to learn. That's, you know, that's our goal at the school. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. I think though that's really perceptive how it's just by being a part of the process, by me being on site full time and, um, you know, at the school over this length of time, the teachers and staff and administrators, they now get a sense of what therapy is. You're right. It was almost like in a separate world when it was in a separate building or out there in the community. Mm -hmm. And yeah, here it is just sort of infusing that education and maybe even some, you know, destigmatization by being a part of the environment. How about families? What do you think about their uh, receptiveness to mental health? And you're the, you're the frontline um, coordinator of referrals. So if there's a family that comes to the attention of school staff, your role is to reach out. So I am always curious um, because that happens kind of before they might come to me. What do they think? Well, I think that has gotten better the longer you've been here too. And I don't know if that's just because mental health is more talked about, yeah. you know, just even nationally, television commercials, even, you know. Yeah. Um, I, that that is like, oh, go, sorry. I was going to say that's like a benefit of the pandemic. We don't like to give yeah. it a lot of benefits, but yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, so I think parents are more receptive. There are some that aren't. Yeah. Um, one other thing I've learned and I've, talk to our assistant principal about this too, because she refers kids. Um, we're planting a seed. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't, you know, sometimes I'll get from a teacher. Well, I don't, I don't think they're going to go for, for school-based mental health. Well, but I'm still going to talk to them about it. So whether yeah. we think they're going to do it or not, even though I, I don't think they're going to do it either, but it's still my responsibility to let them know what I'm recommending, what I think would be helpful. Um, and so it, sometimes, you know, parents are right on board and other times they're not, they're not, they're just not, mm-hmm. they say they are, but then they don't follow through or, um, they say, you know, they say they're really into it and they'll go maybe one session and they drop out. But mm-hmm. I, I feel like my role is to plant seeds. So maybe every couple of months, well, remember we talked about that school-based mental health lesson. and I document everything and on each child that I've recommended. And sometimes they, you know, it takes two or three or four times to recommend it before they will be committed. But I think that's part of the process and that's okay. 
I really love that part about being in a school. Uh, I, I, this is a little embarrassing to say, but uh, until I worked at a school, it didn't click or dawn on me how educators and, and school professionals are really knowledgeable about child development and child behavior. I mean, they, they, this is what they do. They are, you know, they have expertise and education on kids. And so to be able, I, I like that school educates families. They're in a role to, to not just, okay, come to school and get your education that really as the professionals and experts in kids in a way they let families know what they know and they let, they give recommendations or, you know, really from a place of expertise about what might be needed. And so I think you're just right on that. You can't say, Oh, it's all right. Let's not help them. You know, let's not let them know about what our concerns are or let's not. And then we can link them up with, with help too. So we don't just leave them high and dry. What a nice benefit of the program being right in the building is, you can help parents, you know, know about things that parents might not know about. Um, and it's awesome. And I don't, you know, I, there's no judgment if I recommend it and the parent says, no, I just say, you know, just here's, just call me if you change your mind. It's okay. And yeah. I, I, I find myself saying there's no judgment here yeah. a, lot, a lot, several times a week in a, lot of situa- in a lot of situations because there really isn't. Maybe they're just not ready yet, but maybe they will be the next time. Yeah. I think you and I see eye to eye, though, that uh, therapy is one way to change behaviors and resolve problems. And it's not the only way. So it is, you know, it is not our position to say this is what you have to do or you must do it. And and families might find other ways to get help. And we totally are are non-judgmental about that. And I do say, you know, you can go to... There's other agencies too, if you want to try that, but Miss Jacobs doesn't have a waiting list right now. <laughs> Here's sure. her office. Yeah. I mean, so. it really, yeah, there really are a lot of benefits to having the clinic. Uh, I feel like this, parents are buying in more. They're getting a little bit easier. I do to, too. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty cool to watch that evolve. Hasn't that been neat? Yes. I, I am amazed every time I have a parent sit down in front of me and they say, this is exactly what I want. Here I am. I'm ready to go. I'm, I'm so glad I found out about it. So uh, it, that feels good. You know, I, I feel like too, we do a really good job at, at NAP at not just the kids using that's, you know, kids getting suspended or problems like that. That's one way you can know a child's having problems. And, and on the other hand, I think we do a really good job of looking for more subtle ways, more subtle signs of kids having problems And yeah, and I'm so impressed because there will be times that I meet kids and families who do sign up for the on-site therapy, the school-based mental health. And maybe you, you you sort of give me a little background and say, oh, here's one or two things I called and reached out to the family about, but maybe there's not a lot going on. I'm not really sure, you know, but they said, yes, they signed up. And when the family sits down in front of me, they open up about a lot of information, a lot of family stress, or maybe a history of trauma. And every time that happens, I am so relieved that the family is getting help. And it wasn't, you know, an obvious problem. It's maybe 
before problems have gotten really bad. And so I, I feel extra proud of NAP that we pick up on those signs. You pick up on those signs and you have a really good background and awareness of, of what kind of things therapy might help with. Yeah. Behavior certainly is one, but it's definitely not the only, we have a lot of kids that internalize things and um, teachers are getting better and better about, you know, identifying those kids. Maybe there's no behavior problems, Mm -hmm. but they're just, they don't talk much. They seem sad. Can you check this kid out? What do you think? Yeah. So we have the best staff here. It, it is a great place to work and we're biased, but for sure. Um, so sometimes it is very streamlined from what I can see that uh, uh, you reach out to a family, they sign up right away and the referral comes to me and I start therapy on the other hand, you said sometimes it takes more of the seed planting. What do you think? Can you think of a family that um, has been referred to me that you did more behind the scenes before they were really ready, but that it eventually paid off? Well, I can think of some right now that you don't even know about yet. Mm. But they're, they're coming to you. Because ah. I'm always planting seeds and you know working with families that way. I talk to parents a lot. Um, it's probably one of the, it's probably 50% of my job. Um, and that usually has to do with behavior and, um, and then those internalizing kids. Mm -hmm. But let me think, I could think of a few, you know, we have so many families with so many different needs. And, you know, we had one without obviously not not giving names, but a a girl, um, but mom said, no, um, she just really wasn't into that. She didn't, there were some other family secrets, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, she didn't really want her daughter talking to anybody. And so I built a relationship with mom over time and, and I was seeing the girl for counseling, but knowing she needed more cause she was coming to me two or three times a week, mm-hmm. um, with legitimate things, you know, to talk about. And, um, I just kept planting those seeds with mom working with mom, developing that relationship. And eventually she did sign up with you. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was two years ago. I, anyway, it doesn't matter, I guess. But she's now the the child has developed a relationship with you. Mom has developed a relationship with you, and they're not calling me as much, and she's not coming to see me as much. Mm-hmm. So that's a sign to me of health. And and she's with you, and mom sees you, and then mm-hmm. the daughter sees you, and it just gives me more time to start seeing other kids yeah. with other needs because she was taking up a lot, a lot of my time because she had, you know, she needed therapy, mm-hmm. and so yeah. And they're both doing a lot better. Yeah. And I think you're seeing another child in the family that doesn't even go to our school. Well, there you go. When there is a trauma situation, yeah. The the whole family can be affected. And that is a benefit of the school-based mental health is that the whole family can get services with me. And I like the ones, just another form of therapy or some where you, since you've been here a while, you saw them when they were younger and then they made some progress and then you'd see the parent and then they stopped therapy because they were pretty good. And then just as child children develop, you know, later on now she's the one I'm thinking of is going to be in middle school pretty soon. And you started seeing her again. Yeah. So at different stages of development with kids and with families, you know, they may stop therapy for a little while, but if you've built a good relationship, then when they, a couple of years later, something else might happen or, I, just, the needs change. 
Right. I love that about our school-based mental health model is that kids who started seeing me when they were at NAP, which is only goes up to fifth grade, uh, they can continue to see me beyond fifth grade. And that is so important. If they developed a relationship with me and then had a transfer to a new therapist, it could, it would be hard to start all over. So what I feel good about that too, is that they can keep seeing me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you made a good point when you said about that, that one little girl, your role is for all the kids in the building, all what, 450 students at NAP? Right. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot. And, and we are a high needs school. Nobody would argue against that. Yeah. So yeah, to have therapy services and my role be able to go deeper with families. So I don't, I don't work with all the kids. I'm not as broad. But you're right, the, the ability to go deeper can really resolve things more fully and effectively. So, you know, yeah. it sounds like you had that instinct and you, you know, you wished mom connected those dots and then, you know, she had her own stuff going on maybe. And so it took that time and I, yeah, I have to sense for sure you did not have judgment. Like you didn't say, forget it. If you don't think therapy now, then I'm not going to bring it up again. No, you just you kept I, it neutral and kept going. I just remembered her telling me once on the phone, I, um, Miss Coons, you're the best. You're the only one I'm ever going to trust. I remember <gasps> her saying that. Yeah. And also telling her daughter, I almost said her name, but um, I remember her daughter saying, um, my mom said only to talk to you and don't talk to anyone. Yeah. So identifying and linking referrals with the clinic is, is just the first step. So getting those kids and families, uh, whether it's quick or slow. What else does it take, in your opinion, Brenda, to have this integrated mental health clinic like we do at NAP? What else goes into it? Sometimes I've heard it referred to as a well-oiled machine that I can't even think of. It just works. It just works. And yet it didn't always. I mean, how you pointed out in the beginning, we didn't have processes and, you know, ways of doing things. So I think that's exactly you know, what comes to my mind, we, you and I had to work on that. We had to work on it with, you know, other school team, others in the school, other touch points, but we had to develop processes. And now it just seems so easy. And, um, yeah. Yeah. And if if parents, you know, say no, like I said, I'd keep a running document of everything. So I'll go back, you know, in a couple months or whatever, depending on the child, and maybe plant another seed. And so I have those and I, I, you know, I don't panic if they say no, because I know there's, you know, five more families that are <laughs> in need. And if yeah. I really wanted to, you know, I could refer like a lot more. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I, it's like we have a continuous cycle of ki- kids. You're always going to have referrals. That is exactly what comes to mind. There's so much work behind the scenes. So much of the the legwork is happening, like you said, on the phone with families or um, that people don't see. Teachers yeah, don't for see sure, one thousand percent. We're not, you know, we're not in front of a classroom of kids all day long. And yet, uh, if we weren't in the building, if you weren't in the building, holy cow, it, the problems would just start coming out. I mean, that's really what is so important about the support roles in school. Yeah. And I want, I do want to say we have a fantastic counselor, Sam, Sam Moe. Yeah. And well, she sees a lot of kids with a lot of issues too, every day. Her office is right across from me. So I see the amount of kids that she sees for counseling. And then within those, she knows now 
which ones to refer. Mm-hmm. We haven't had she, her that long, but she's, she yeah, knows, she's already up to speed. Like you're describing. How to send, yeah. How to send which kids need to go to you. She has a really good feel for that. This um, is exactly another thing that I think we work on as a team. What else is going on behind the scenes? Role confusion is real. It can be, you know, there are times when we bump into each other professionally and it's a little, um, in the past, I think more so, like you said, well oiled machine, but you know, who's doing what with what kid or family, or who's going to call the parent and talk about this thing that happened at school. And so, uh, we have worked really hard to communicate with each other. And I think it's over communicating and yet that's, the way to do it. I think that's the best uh, strategy is now, now it comes just naturally. And there's some kids that I still see that you see for sure. And we communicate on those regularly, which helps me and helps you. And so, well, I, I know our team has worked really hard on getting communication. Um, We have routine meetings and you know what I love? We hold each other accountable for those meetings. So if, if, you know, we're busy, schools are busy places. So it's not, um, unheard of that one of us can attend a meeting, whether it's you or me or the counselor. And we say, okay, so when can you come? Because we know we cannot do without the communication. You can't cut that out. It's, it's vital. It's the, it's the, you know, the magic that helps us build those relationships because I think that's what we've done really, really well over the years is all of the communication and all of the efforts and the going through this process together, we've, yeah, we have developed a relationship and that is what helps us just have things go so smoothly now. Yeah, I and, agree. And it's, it's been great. And I feel, I shouldn't even say this, but I will say if I were to leave tomorrow, you guys would be fine without me. Cause aww. it's the whole <laughs> machine. You know, it's the whole yeah. machine is you could take one of us out, but right. I it's not me. And it would still, you know, there's enough other people that know how things work and what works best and it would still work. So that's great. You know, we could probably use a couple it, more social workers. It's just, yeah, it's for sure. Yeah. It's a very high needs school. Yes. And yeah. Doesn't it feel good though, to have all the pieces at full capacity and working together, we can do more this way. Mm-hmm. So not not every school is uh, where we're at in terms of school-based mental health. They haven't had the longevity and the the history of relationships. So what what do you think? Do you have a piece of advice you would give to a school starting school-based mental health for the first time? Mm, I think regular meetings. I think not just with the social worker and the therapist, but with the social worker, the counselor the an a team an admin person i think is key mm-hmm. and you know and the therapist so i think in the beginning that was another thing too it was just you and i you and i you and i and it wasn't that i wanted someone else to do part of my job but you you just got to have it yeah you have to have you have to have administrator buy-in i think that's it by inviting those people to the table we get their voice but then we also can give them they get insight into what we're doing and that is helpful to know what is this program? What's going on with it? And because therapy happens behind closed doors, it's private. Nobody really knows. So having, um, you know, meetings where it's not that I'm talking about 
private family matters, but they can hear about the processes and, and what goes into a referral and, and what, what it actually looks like um, from logistical yeah. standpoint. And, you know, hearing a little bit about those kids and families to and I, know I think it weekly. Works. I'm sorry. I keep interrupting no. Um, but I think weekly in the beginning, weekly meetings with admin, social worker, counselor, therapist. Yeah. Um, and you can always cancel a meeting if there's nothing to talk about. But I think in the in the front end, it's if you know more work is done with that team. Yeah. Maybe we'd be further would have been further along quicker. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, we had gaps. Yeah. Then you and I could talk about stuff, but then I had to run it by an administrator or sure. explain to an administrator. It's like, well, if we had the meeting, and then everybody would be on the same page. Mm-hmm. So. But, you know, live and learn. We can't be perfect. Uh, we and are we, human. For sure. Yeah. Having everybody there is just a way to forge that connection and really make this program a part of the school, which I think NAP has done. I feel very much a part of NAP. And, yeah, I can't believe that it's yeah. been almost seven years. I know. And also, you know, thank you for all the families and kids that I know you've helped. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, without you, literally, the the way the school clinic works is that I depend on you. So I feel grateful every time that I meet a family, knowing that the school helped them get the therapy they need. Um, So thank thank you for providing it and for sticking with us for so long. Thank you. Well, and I'm just excited and grateful that you were here with me today to do my very first podcast. Um, probably yours too. (laughs) So thank you for partnering with me on this. I really, I really do love what I do and I love that I get to work with you. I hope our story, I hope our story helps others think about their school community collaborations and that we've offered some real world insights about working together to advance student success. On behalf of Brenda and myself, thanks for tuning in and remember, keep working at school mental health because school mental health works. Thank you. Looking forward to future episodes? Make sure to subscribe on the podcast platform of your choice and leave us a rating so that others invested in better mental health for Wisconsin students can find us. We welcome your questions. You can find resources and learn more by checking out today's show notes and by visiting the coalition's website at schoolmentalhealthwisconsin.org. Until next time.